Hey, everybody, this is Melissa McKenzie, publisher of The American Spectator here at the Spectacle Podcast. And my co-host here is Scott McKay, the publisher of Reviver.com and the Hayride.com, and also the contributing editor of The American Spectator. And you can see his columns a couple days a week. He's also a best-selling author of the book Racism, Revenge, and Ruin which is all about Barack Obama and his terrible influence on the country. And today we sit freezing our tuchuses off here, me in Texas, you in uh, Louisiana, and I've got a scarf on and a couple layers of wool and you've got your fedora on, must say you're looking snappy. And uh, we're uh, in the freezing temperatures and today is a banner day for fossil fuels. My gas-powered vehicle is doing fine. I just want will have you know my gas stove is doing great, and so is my gas-powered um, fireplace, which also burns wood. So that's a you know double winner right there. But there are some of our fellow citizens who are not doing so well. Scott, could you tell us about them? They own electric cars except they're not very happy about the fact that they electric cars because guess what when it gets really cold the range on your electric car goes to nothing not to mention the fact that you are not able to charge the damn thing when it gets super cold so here's a story at breitbart that appeared on tuesday this is absolutely hilarious stuff unless you own an electric vehicle so it goes like this a surge of stranded electric vehicles, predominantly Tesla cars, has overtaken the Oak Brook Supercharger Station in Chicago as a severe cold snap renders many EVs powerless and immobile. Fox 32 reports that the recent wave of freezing temperatures in Chicago has taken a significant toll on EVs, causing an unusual scene at the Oak Brook Tesla Supercharging Station. This station along with many others around the Chicago area, has been crowded with dead Teslas as owners face difficulties in charging their vehicles. Tesla owner Tyler Beard experienced firsthand the challenges posed by the cold weather. Having tried to recharge his Tesla since Sunday afternoon, he was met with frustration, stating, nothing, no juice, still on 0%. His charging difficulties stem from the impact sub-zero temperatures have on EV batteries a problem Breitbart News has covered extensively in the past. So here's one more reason why electric vehicles are useless. Um, and here's something that's like kind of interesting. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, State Representative Chuck Owen here in Louisiana, is bringing a bill uh, in the regular session of the Louisiana legislature that's going to open in, uh, I think, late March. Um, that would cap the state vehicle fleet at 3% electric. That's it. Can't buy any more state vehicles beyond 3%. Um, Why even and, 3%? I mean, that seems arbitrary. What? Well, I think it's because they already have 3%. Oh, okay. Um, there's another bill. I'm not sure if Chuck's going to bring it or if somebody else is that will cap overall EV sales in Louisiana at 5% of the uh, com you know, state commercial private sector vehicle fleet. And the reason for this is that in Louisiana, we commonly get hurricanes. 
And when a hurricane comes, first thing it does is knock out the power. And by knocking out the power, you knock out the viability of electric cars. Not to mention the fact that hurricane evacuations from places like New Orleans tend to be very difficult to do because you've got lots of cars on not that many roads. And so you don't make very good time. And if your EV range is 200 miles and you're mm -hmm. idling a lot, okay, it's not the same thing as an internal combustion in engine, which is, you know, you can sit there at idle and it's five miles an hour and your gas mileage is like way larger. doesn't really work that way with EVs. So you could be sitting on the side of the road with a dead Tesla halfway between New Orleans and Baton Rouge and a hurricane coming uh, coming down on you. More than that, when the power goes out because the hurricane knocks down all the electrical towers and everything else, you can't charge the thing. So how are you going to get to Home Depot and all of these other places that you need to start the recovery process at your house when your vehicle is useless? So when this bill hits the legislature, what you're going to get is an enormous amount of the lobbyists for mm -hmm. all of the EV companies and the car companies and everything else. Oh, no, this is the future. And you can't stand against the future, to which the easy response is, so the future doesn't contain hurricanes? Right. What a wonderful, brave new world you have for us. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the end of that argument. Uh, I think. We've all kind of seen that the EV craze is beginning to peter out for the simple reason that that technology doesn't actually work. It doesn't work. And we aren't even really at the point where the EV fleet that has been ramped up through the sky over the last three to five years starts to hit obsolescence, right? When those batteries start dying. And you have to replace the battery in your EV and it's $25,000, mm -hmm. right? You haven't even paid for the car and now you have to take out a new loan for the battery. Okay, this is not going to go over well at all. Um, not to mention the fact that most of these things are, uh, they're not built in you know panels or whatever like a, like a regular car is. So if you get a fender bender with an EV, it's a big, big, big repair bill. Yeah, People cheap. don't know that. Okay, so all of these sort of bugs in the system are going to start popping and people are going to realize what a crappy inferior product this generally is for a lot more money, Bob. Um, right. And you're going to yeah. get a massive, massive shift in consumer demand. And they're, all the marketing money in the world can't fix what's coming. Well, I mean, the the story about Hertz getting rid of their um, electric fleet. Yep. And one of the things my brother said about this, because he uses rental cars a lot and he um, will often rent a Tesla or some electric vehicle, is he said they drive so differently. So one of the problems that people have, if they've never driven one, they're like, oh, I'll get this as a rental car. They're ending up in the trunks of other people, you know, bumping because because the car drives more, it's more like a video game experience the way they drive and yeah. so for the people who are just randomly renting these vehicles um they're causing a lot of problems and so they might get have the insurance but at a certain point even the insurance is not saving the car the rental car companies because they're so expensive to fix so like 
Um, there's just so many reasons that have driving around in a, a you know glorified toaster sounds like a good idea, but actually in reality isn't. And for those of us uh, who have clung bitterly to their God, guns, Bible, and their Tahoes, in my case, um, you know, we're sitting pretty and we're happy. You know, a big old yeah. combustion engine. And then at home, you know, we were talking about this off camera, having a having gas, which natural gas, like I read online, somebody's talking about that natural gas really is the Achilles heel of the environmentalists because it runs so clean. It's so abundant. Yep. It's, yep. you know, one of the my friends in gas and oil said it's so cheap that they should be giving it away. Like it's so cheap because there's so much of it, it's so abundant that it's like nothing. And so right. here we have this abundant source of energy that hundreds of years of it, just in America alone, our own natural gas, we've got so much of it. And um, and we're not talking about that. And they're trying to, the environmentalists are getting in blue states at least, trying to get rid of gas, you know, natural gas things, which it's inexplicable, you yeah. know, the, in the, these types of situations, last time we had a freeze like this, where it was so dang cold and then snow and ice and everything, um, because I had a gas powered fireplace, because I had a gas powered stove, we could eat and we stayed warm. Yeah. Everything, all the electricity went out and we were fine. And um, this is something that I think there's there seems to be this drive on the part of the government to make people helpless and dependent, and also um, uh, kind of just stuck. Like these cars yeah. being stuck is a great metaphor for making people helpless and hopeless. I mean, there, I can't even imagine being on sub-zero temperatures. You know, I'm from Michigan originally. And there were times when the wind chill was like 20, 30 below and you're stuck out in that. And then you can't, you can't even turn on your vehicle. So you can't stay warm. Yeah. Starts to become a life or death thing. It's a death trap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, well done. Uh, all, environmentalists. Of this, all of this kind of reminds me of that. I can't even call it a famous scene and I don't even know why it comes to mind because it's like such an obscure reference. But did you ever see Fl the Flash Gordon movie from like 1981? I did. And there's this theme toward the end. Max von Sydow plays Ming the Merciless and he tells Flash Gordon that he'll make him king of Earth. Mm -hmm. the, you know, and this is after he's basically destroyed the place with like earthquakes and volcanoes and there's this he says, well, you know, uh, uh, of course, the people of Earth won't be the same after all of these disasters that it hit. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, you mean they'll be like slaves? And he says, no, they'll be satisfied with less. <laughs> yeah. And I think we have like the Ming mm -hmm. the Merciless ruling class in America. Yes. Right trying to make us satisfied with less. You don't get to have a dishwasher that actually washes dishes. Right. You don't get to have a toilet that actually flushes. You don't get to have a water heater that's any good. You don't get to have a gas stove. You don't get to have a car that you can put fuel in and go where you want, right? You don't get to have any of these things. You get to have what we give you and what we give you sucks, 
But if you complain about it, we'll ban you from Facebook. And oh, by the way, you have to take the jet, right? Um, oh, uh, we'll just turn off the electricity to your house. I mean, like what happened in Colorado that anybody yeah, with a smart nat- meters. We'll we'll do that too. We'll just turn so, the smart. You know, meters. you have all of this stuff, and here you mentioned natural gas, and here's the thing: if these people actually gave a damn, what mm-hmm. they would be subsidizing, or at least pushing the research, uh, if you want to get rid of the internal combustion engine, is hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. Right. Okay. Because what you can do with natural gas in a very simple process at a, a, you know, essentially a refinery is to split out the hydrogen and make carbon dioxide, which could be released into the atmosphere and feed plants. But if not, the big craze is to pump that stuff down into the ground. For what reason? I have no idea. But they want to do this. Carbon recapture. Mm-hmm. and lots and lots of hydrogen that is an even more abundant fuel than gasoline, okay? And a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle, which runs on hydrogen and the chemical reaction between hydrogen and oxygen that makes water, mm-hmm. um, releases a lot of energy that can be used to power the car. So the exhaust is pure right. H2O. Yeah. Okay, like- drinkable h2o yeah okay so and the driving experience of a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle is fairly identical to that of an internal combustion engine Mm -hmm. i haven't driven one so i don't know you know it's funny the technology described and i'm going to nerd out here sounds like a still suit from uh dune where it's like recapturing the the energy and Turn it, re- returning something usable. But I mean, I that is where we're going with all of this. Look, Melissa, yeah. the Chinese are already producing these cars. Mm. They're making batteries for our EVs. Mm-hmm. They don't do EVs in China. They've moved on to fuel cells. Right. Okay. Um, you know, they're just you know, like the Americans are stupid enough to buy all this lithium. So we'll, you know, we'll make the batteries for their dumb cars. Right. right. And meanwhile, we're moving on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and we, the private sector in America would be on hydrogen fuel cell vehicles now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not all that heavily because there's nothing wrong with an internal combustion engine. Like it's one of the best mm-hmm. inventions ever known to man. Okay. Right. And people actually like cars that run on gasoline. Go figure, okay? But but the smart option for folks that care about the planet and all of this crap is fuel cell cars. Mm-hmm. That's the smart option. That's the option that doesn't actually make you sacrifice your quality of life to own the car. Um, I'll make a prediction on this, okay. which is that Someday, fairly soon, Tesla will begin making fuel cell cars Mm. um, and or internal combustion cars. Mm. And when Tesla does, I think they'll make fuel cell cars because the regulatory consequences of making um, uh, gasoline powered cars probably are, uh, in, in other words, that puts you in the same bucket as Ford and GM and Chrysler who have written mm-hmm. the regs to mm-hmm. freeze out any competitors. 
So right. maybe they'll stay out of gas-powered cars until the regulatory environment changes. But fuel cells is much more where it's at than electrics. Mm -hmm. And my guess is, is that Tesla is going to move into that uh, realm fairly soon. I think that I think you're probably right. And also hybrids are a lot smarter, you know, using electric for a little bit, having a charger at home, but also being able to use fossil fuels if necessary. Um, but just saving a little bit here and there and every car having that ability, that seems smart to me. But creating a bunch of hopeless, helpless, infantile Americans is a recipe for disaster like we're seeing. And so like, that's just long-term not sustainable yeah. for anyone but the people who are in charge who want to enslave the masses. And so we'll just see how dumb Americans are. Right, the Mings. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank we you all for- disempower the Mings in America. We do. Well, thank you all for listening to uh, this podcast this little uh episode of the spectacle like and subscribe and share with your friends and of course as always buy the book racism revenge and ruin by best-selling author scott mckay and you know your help um sharing us sharing our podcast with other people really makes a difference and also uh as scott has said before we are um, and what is it, what do they say at NPR supported by listeners like you and me? Um, yeah. Here at the American Spectator, we are donor driven. And that's because we are shunned by all the big advertising platforms and also put on lists of, for wrong think. So we're on all the lists for wrong think. And so that tends to make advertising money difficult to come by. So your help, your support makes all the difference. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for giving and for subscribing. We'll see you later.